here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Eurodraft 2017 yes. champion, <laughs> Mr. Ron Furious. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, um, to be allowed on the podcast this week, you had to finish in the top two in the voting, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we are the champions, basically. Yeah, I'm very happy with uh, second place, much better than last year's miserable display. Um, well, I, and... I gave you like a bit of a sympathy vote on the on the voting, <laughs> and it turned out to be like you were the main competition, so uh, ah, watch out for that. You match. didn't have any faith in me. <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought like uh, after last year, I was like, well, people are going to go heavy on the, on the Rob votes, and that wasn't the case. Mm. Well, it was kind of back and forth all the way through. Like yeah, the every, voting was very close. Every time I I looked at the vote, like somebody different was winning. Yeah, there was like four <laughs> different people, and it was like every time I checked, someone else was winning. I think last day Alan was winning, and I was like, I should probably retweet this. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. retweets definitely helped. <laughs> Should have just been retweeting it like every hour of the day. Uh, I just did it oh, once on, on the last day. That, that was yeah, enough. that was enough. But yeah, well done for winning the Eurodraft. Make sure you, you go listen to that show if you haven't. I, I and... did actually, because somebody, uh, was it you said you haven't actually submitted a card? I'm like, well, I, I wrote one out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, had, I wrote a card out and I don't think I ever sent it to Rob. So it's basically out there somewhere. You might have to start guessing at it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll make its way onto the forms at some point. Um, but yeah, we've got three, no, four shows to talk oh, about today. Five, um, from, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, some of them we're more excited to talk about than others, but uh, we'll get started with Rare Pro Summer Sizzler, which happened last weekend as we're recording. Um, main evented by Rey Mysterio versus Marty Skull, which wasn't really a match I was particularly looking forward to. Um, I was kind of expecting uh, five star. Rey Mysterio. Yeah, the, yeah. The one who kind of turns up, collects his, like, $16,000 and then goes home. <laughs> didn't, didn't get that guy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to the main event in a bit, but I guess we'll run down the card sure. um, as it goes. So we started off with Martin Stone versus Eddie Dennis. This was supposed to be versus Sammy Callahan, but Callahan has niggling injuries and he's stepping out for a little bit. Um, so Eddie Dennis, who's yeah. done really, really well on the cockpit shows, recently gets to step up it's a shame that uh, callahan was injured because the, yeah. the main storyline that they have at the most there's a lot of 
like little storylines, but they don't have anything with any meat to it. Whereas this was very much a they were a team. One guy turned on the other guy, and this is the match. So it's a shame they lost that because like without it, you didn't really have that. Martin Stone without a storyline is fine, but it's just that's all he is. And this yeah. this just fell kind of flat for me. You definitely got that in this match, but it was a bit aimless at times. Even though the Eddie Dennis story has been really well done on the cockpit shows, maybe it doesn't translate too well to the York Hall, where the crowd isn't like as familiar with it, potentially. Um, but h- how did Eddie do um, in his first appearance on the big stage, did you think? Uh, I thought he was okay. Um, and that, The match just didn't really grab me. Uh, they worked really hard, but I think without... Um... Without a storyline, I think both of them really struggled to get the crowd invested. I think you've got a lot of big stars on this show. And with with all due respect to, to Martin and Eddie, they're not among them. Mm. Um, I think it needed a, like a, one of them to be a, a clear-cut heel as well, with them both coming in as sort of baby faces who weren't massively popular. I don't know, it just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, I get that. There was also some weird stuff with... Um... Martin Stone's shtick, like the the ball grabbing spot at the end, sort of leading directly into the finish, was very. Oh, I booed um, him for that. Confusing, <laughs> to like, say that, the least. That for me, it's a low blow. It's a yeah, yeah. it's a heel tactic. I I booed the hell out of him. And it just led on to him winning, and it was like, oh, <laughs> that is very firmly like a, a um like an early match comedy spot to me, and not really the finishing move, a fucking ball grab. Um, but yeah. <laughs> that's what we got um, so second match was not on the VOD so I Good. never got to see it <laughs> probably yeah probably um, doing us a favour there um, cutting it off Miss but yeah flaming hot trash Bully Ray versus Shaw Samuels give us Fucking the life awful Skinny. match awful 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 um, you had uh, Bully Ray came in through the crowd um, basically playing this mega baby face Shaw who just turned face mm. Um, wrestled as like the heel just because um, from what I hear uh, Andy Corbin basically wanted uh, Bully to lean heel because Shah was face yeah. and he didn't want to do that um, so that's why it's not on VOD uh, you didn't miss anything though. they just brawled around the crowd uh, the cameras probably didn't pick most of it up <laughs> um, there was a table spot at the end which I'm not certain was approved and it's just generally was shit um, Ed, who I saw in the pub afterwards, um, said it's one of the worst matches he's ever seen live. <laughs> um, um. I spent most of the match um, basically abusing people on Twitter. Um, the upshot of that was I said I, um, that I wasn't particularly interested in Red Pro at the moment, and Gideon Gray <laughs> um, uh, replied to it saying um, that I should be. And, it's a shame because Shaw has actually been quite decent on the cockpit shows. Yeah, I'd as like of to late. see Shaw do something useful here. It's just, yeah, yeah. Just, I don't want to watch Bully Ray. Rob no. didn't want to watch Bully Ray to the point where he had a ticket to the show and sold it. <laughs> <laughs> and I never even bought a ticket in the first place, and Bully Ray the thing probably is, I, was one of the I reasons. I thought Bully Ray, opening match, five minutes tops, get him out yeah, of the way. Yeah. To have him on. Second, just continued my my disappointment in this show from from the start. I just I just felt like it was real disappointing to start with. But the, the first match wasn't very good. Second match was worse. I just kind of had that sinking feeling, and I wasn't 
looking at the card, I just wasn't that into this show. I just thought, mm. well, it's going to be okay. But yeah, I, I wasn't pleased at all. Did the sinking first. feeling continue with the third match? Yes. Uh, Zach Gibson versus Dalton Castle? Yes, because it wasn't very good. Um, it is starting to get to the point where I might have to stop blaming Zach Gibson's opponents for Zach Gibson having bad matches. Ooh. Um, because I keep saying, oh, Gibson had a bad match, but... And it's either because the opponent wasn't motivated like Hiroki Goto or there was just a clash of styles like there was here. But um, I'm wondering if he's just having a bit of a bad run. Possibly. I don't know. Um, Like, he's been okay. Like he, he, I don't feel like he lays up stinkers, but yeah, maybe like he isn't reaching the I feel high like, level yeah, of the guys around him. He's a better wrestler than his matches would have you believe. If you just watched Gibson matches from Red Pro this year, you would think he was a mediocre talent. It's, it's just all heat. The, the the promo, yeah, gets him a ton of heat. Like I, I hear he did very well in the US and got a great reaction. Um again, considering like he's never been there before and was probably like the least well known guy on those Progress US shows. Um that's probably a boon for him. So I, I don't think we should like slag him off but yeah maybe like it, it's this, not quite reaching the highs of other yeah, the, guys the run, the run of matches that he's having at the moment it can't possibly continue uh, he is too good to have like a, a streak of bad matches that will go on all year and I thought the tag match he had uh, with James Drake he really elevated James Drake at the uh, was it 53 chapter 53 I think it yeah, was yeah I thought that really elevated James Drake, but made the, the 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 best of him, and that's what Gibson's capable of doing. So it's really weird to me that he's had this streak of matches that I just don't care about for for Red Pro. Mm. Um, I don't think you're going to get any disagreement that the first three matches on the show yeah. were particularly great, but after that, I think it 100. picked up quite a lot, and the next match was like really put. Um, the show into that next gear, which was Jay White versus Travis Banks, Battle of the Kiwis. Um, that's weird. Was that um, on the VOD then? Oh no, I I messed it up. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> I think that comes after Briscoe. Yeah, because I was going to say that... I've just written them down in the wrong order because I'm an idiot. Yeah, because the first half main event was Briscoes against Smile and Strickland. Oh, okay, okay. Du- during that match, uh, the Briscoes against uh, Ryan Smile and Shane Strickland, uh, Strigo had been watching from the other side of the room. Mm. And we were both up on the balcony. And at that point, he'd gone and got a beer. And when he came back up, uh, he went and stood next to me because he thought he might get a better view from there. From the point at which Strigger came and stood next to me, the show got better immediately <laughs> from that point. It literally, he came and stood there and we started chatting and immediately, like, better. Mm-hmm. Like, everything from before wasn't very good. As soon as he came around, immediately better. The Strigger effect. The Strigger effect. It happened. <laughs> So what did you think of the tag match? The problematic tag match? Um, The only person in this match that I like as a person is Shane Strickland. <laughs> but um, from a work point of view, I thought they all did really well. Um, I think Ryan is probably the weakest guy in the match, but then he is a, a stage or a step below everyone else involved. That's, that's not so much a criticism of Ryan Smile, it's just Shane Strickland is really, really good, and the Briscoes have been good at tag teaming for 15 years or so, mm-hmm. so um, it's kind of a, a, a tough spot for him to be in. Um, 
I thought he did fine. I thought he looked less out of place here than he has in some of the big matches that RevPro have put him in. Um, and yeah, it was good. It was uh, it was very spot heavy, but um, the the show seriously needed it at that point. Oh yeah, no, I, I did really enjoy the Briscoe's tag work. I think like it could have been like you say, just an all out spot first, but they sort of grounded it a bit more with the tag work and just some like fun spots built around tagging in tagging in and out and just being the better tag team. Um, than Strickland and Smile, so I, like, yeah, definitely, this is where the show yeah. got better and I, it continued getting better. See, I thought that might be like a bit of a fluke, that that was going to be really good, and then I was going to be disappointed again, and the second half I was not particularly up for it. I mean, on paper, you look at those four matches in the second half, and it's like, there's potential there, but mm. I don't know, I just, I wasn't really expecting a lot from yeah, it. Yeah, uh, like, like you say, this card did not wow me, and I stayed home, <laughs> rather than making the trip. Um, but yeah, Jay White versus Travis Banks, as I mentioned earlier, now it happened. Um, yes. And I thought this was really good. One, probably the best match on the show. Uh, I actually had it at three, but um, that's, that's not, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we were slightly off on our ratings yeah. there, but... Um, I really enjoyed this. Like when it started, the the intensity was there. Um, Travis Banks really drew something out uh, from Jay White that you've not seen an awful lot of recently. It's mm. uh, Jay has been on excursion. He's supposed to improve and learn, and change, and and become the the finished product that that New Japan wants him to be. But up to this point, he really has just looked like a young boy. In another company. Yeah. He hasn't really impressed me at all in that respect. But luckily, uh, Jay White is already really good. So he just hasn't advanced, which is the problem. In this match, he showed an awful lot more fighting determination and like his attitude in this match, where he was willing to match uh, Travis Banks' mm-hmm. intensity. Perfect. Yeah, I think Banks was a great opponent for him to get out that fire that he maybe lacked. And like, we were both there. Were you there for the Angelico match at FG Encounter? Um, I think so. I don't remember it. Because that was very dull and yeah. just like two guys doing a wrestle, whereas this felt like a proper fight and two guys trying yeah. to prove that they were better Definitely. than the other. And I thought Jay White looked a lot bigger than he has before as well. Um, he's clearly been like bulking up and like even just like in his face, you can sort of see he's like, chunkier <laughs> i don't mean to be rude but <laughs> like, yeah, he's clearly mean. getting ready for like a heavyweight run and i think maybe like maybe now the end is in sight for his excursion and he's maybe feeling a little more motivated to have some great matches and obviously working against a fellow countryman can't hurt yeah you said that but like kamataichi was out for ages he was out for years in in mexico so there's a chance if they're not happy with what they're seeing from Jay, and they think he's not really improving that much, they will just leave him out here yeah. for long. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm feeling the, the Switchblade man might well be Mr. Jay. Yeah, there's a lot of theories going around on that. So yeah, I know that uh, Chris Charlton was in the building for, for that show, and he seemed to think that the people, uh, like the Japanese people, uh, believed it was Jay. So, mm. it doesn't really make any sense, but... <laughs> doesn't need to really no uh cruiserweight title Bowden versus Liger this match got a really well built great sprint yeah and yeah this kind of followed straight on from their match at the J Cup the British J Cup um and like they did the same opening sequence um to to pretty much the same moves move for move and just this time Bowden kicked out and they kept going from there I think 
a lot of the crowd bought into that as the natural finish. Yeah. That where they did Brainbuster. Um we were all holding our breath. It was like one, two, th- oh! <laughs> it was one of those near falls that actually suckered the entire crowd in, and you don't get that very often, especially with like a, a title match where you assume the title is not changing. Yeah, definitely. That, that was always a worry here, but like, oh, maybe it was too obvious that Bowden was going to win. But I think opening it up with that um, yeah, that really same match structure was a very good way of teasing it and kept the crowd hot, kept the crowd behind Liger all the way Bowden. through. Josh Bowden's been on fire um, ever since that match with uh, with Osprey, which I think was just like a coming out party for him. Yeah. Like, this is the match where he becomes a real, genuine superstar for, for Revolution Pro Wrestling. Um, it's kind of a shame he doesn't work in other places. I don't know if his, his attitude has improved any. Uh, I know he, he's had attitude problems in the past, but um, yeah, he looks great at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's hard to argue with him. Definitely. Like, he he definitely has cemented his place on these um, York Hall shows, whereas a couple of years ago, maybe we were saying, oh, he doesn't belong yeah. alongside all these other guys. Now he definitely does. And like I, his matches do have a unique feeling to them. Th- there was a feeling that he was getting pushed ahead of his, ahead of his talent, but I think the uh, the talent has caught up with the push. Mm. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. And just, just like the heat that he gets is so established now like everyone gets into it and i feel like (laughs) his matches always get a great reaction fucking ripping off akil's glasses (laughs) we'll never forgive him for it the swine um and then we got the uh british heavyweight championship match zack sabre jr versus chris brooks in a lanky socialist battle (laughs) (laughs) i'm laughing because that is accurate um i love this match when I was talking about the uh, intensity in that Jay White-Travis uh, Banks match, the same intensity was here. Like, Brooks yeah. was really out to prove that he belonged in this slot. And obviously, Sabre... Uh, when Sabre is a, a complete prick in the ring, which he, he is a lot of the time when he, he's kind of leaning heel, um, there's really nobody better at him at, at doing that. Because he can do the, the stretches and the taunts and, you know, when he's stamping on your head and he's got all your limbs mm. locked up, he's great. That finish looked horrific when yeah. he was just, like, <laughs> stamping on the back of his head and then let go of the hold and was just slamming, like, um, elbows and, like, palms yeah. into the back of his head and it, it looked just... like a proper, like, UFC knockout thing. That, <laughs> that was a really cool finish. And, yeah, just that was the denouement to all the intensity that they had been going for. They did look like they were trying to rip each other's arms off. And I liked the rope breaks in the match. Like, they weren't necessarily... Like, they were trapping each other in holds that they couldn't get out of, so they just fell into the ropes. <laughs> and I, yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, but, like, that was the only recourse, the only way out. Yeah, it wasn't one of those, um, you know, crawling across the mat and reaching towards the ropes kind of deal. It was more of a, mm. a organic occurrence and yeah definitely chris brooks out to prove himself as a singles guy because we have pretty much only seen him in big time tag team spots and while he's a very good tag wrestler and obviously he's built the cck brand so well this year um like we haven't really seen him in this kind of singles match um in such a big role and yeah, i thought I mean, he did really really well here we've seen him in, in fight club pro uh have that long feud with uh bam margera um, Bam Margera. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Clint Margera. Wow. You know what I mean. Throwing it all the way back. Yeah. Uh, that, 
it has the entrance music, so <laughs> um, yeah, that was a few years ago now. It's um, but that that was a long, long feud, and um, he is good at that. He is good at building storylines over a, a long period of time uh, in uh, concurrent matches. So it'd be interesting if he gets another shot at Saber somewhere, maybe at the uh, cockpit. He certainly proved himself worthy of a uh, that title shot spot. Yeah, I'm glad they put him in here because they could have very easily just like thrown in an import or whatever. But this gave them some creative freedom to give uh, Travis Banks a big singles match, really establish those two guys um, on this tippy top level. And, and yeah, you know, I didn't, not... I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. They really, really tried hard here. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, great match. And then we got the main event, Marty Skull versus Rey Mysterio. And uh, speaking of, I didn't expect this to be as good <laughs> as it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said that at the top. It was like, having seen Rey wrestle recently in the UK, his effort levels there were minimal. Yeah. Uh, it was house show stuff. He was doing all the, the hits and not taking a lot of bumps. Um, but this match with Skull, he really wanted to impress here. And he did. It's, uh, it's the best singles match I've seen from Rey Mysterio in uh, probably since he was in uh, WWE. Yeah, they planned out some uh, classic Marty Skull complicated sequences, and yeah. Mysterio more than fulfilled his end of the bargain. Like he was jumping up on Skull's head and doing all <laughs> flippy shit and <laughs> looking like like a young Rey Mysterio. Well, they had the easy match as well because both guys have got a lot of trademark spots yeah, in the yeah. playoff, and they did all of that. But then they they worked hard on top of it too. So, I mean, I was not expecting this. Uh, I was kind of not wanting it in the main event slot because I thought it was mm. going to disappoint. But um, yeah, they they earned that spot. Great yeah, match. it was great to see Mysterio motivated for once. Like like you say, his trips to Britain recently have sort of been. Uh... The, of the five star variety, in and out, do the six one nine, wave to the fans, yeah, really. <laughs> hit up the merch table. Um, but this was like, you know, he was probably going for it, and like you say, they could have just relied on charisma, but they, they infused it into a really well worked match. Um, I still don't think it was like amazing or anything. Um, not on the level of Banks and White and the uh, ZSJ versus Brooks, but still like a strong end to the show, and obviously like a big time star in that role is, is always good to see yeah and no, I really enjoyed it good end to the show um, mm -hmm. all the second half was good uh, like I said my, my uh, anticipation of the show is quite low yeah I I was asked um, in the pub beforehand I forget I think it was Sammy asked me what uh, I was most looking forward to for, from the day and I said banter because <laughs> <laughs> I I was honestly looking forward more to hanging around with the the lads in the pub before yeah. the show than I was the actual show. It was just I haven't seen some of these people for a while, um, so it was like it was nice to to have a chat with people. That's what I was looking forward to. The wrestling was just incidental. Yeah, that is kind but, of the um, vibe I got. Was that <laughs> more people were going for the pub than the wrestling for this one? <laughs> uh, but it's good that the wrestling at least backed up the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really did. Um, I like I say, I got that sinking feeling in the early early going of the show, but. After those first three matches, it started getting good, and it just mm. kept going. Do you still hate the Orc Hall? I, you know what, I, if I go balcony and I stand, I think I'm fine because that was one of my favourite um, experiences in in Orc Hall was mm. going to this show. Just got to get stronger next year. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I have to organise it. Uh, we we have news uh, that dropped like an hour ago that like um, the December York Call show, the Uprising show, which may or may not be the next one. Like they kind of strongly hinted that they're probably going to do a global wars between now and then. But the Uprising show will have Cody, the American Nightmare, on it. <laughs> um, Are you excited? I'm not going to it, but that's. I mean, it's in December. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't. I, due to the work that I do, I I can never get time off in December. Fair, so, fair. Like I'm not going. Yeah. Don't consider that like me trashing the booking of certain individuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's going to be very uh, Bullet Club shirt wearing fan heavy. <laughs> that show. Well, if you know what this, I mean. There was a lot of Bullet Club merch in yeah. the in the crowd for um, Sizzler. A lot. I mean, I've got a Bullet Club t-shirt, but it just it looks <laughs> but, cool. You know what we I, mean when we're saying I don't that, wear it in know, public. A, a wink, wink, and a nudge, nudge. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't wear it to to wrestling shows because it makes you look like a certain type of fan. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to progress? Sure. We have uh, two shows to talk about: Chapter Fifty Two and Chapter Fifty Three. They had a very busy. <laughs> July and it was like a month ago. <laughs> yeah. They they had a very busy series of shows. I think they did like five shows in five weeks or five shows in four weeks or something with their US trip, uh, which is being talked to death. You know, heat wave, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was not not really our remit particularly. Uh, American American venues are shit. Soft Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> it it was very warm in uh the in uh the Walthamstow venue as well for the British Jake Up, and you only heard us complaining a lot. But <laughs> um, constantly, I wasn't even in the country, and I was hearing people saying, "Oh, oh, it's really hot in Walthamstow." And I'm looking at the temperature <laughs> in London, and the temperature outside where I was, and I, where I was was ten degrees hotter. Yeah. So you're you're the real odd man in all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Progress Fifty Two, um, which was in Manchester. Um, they had a few matches worth note talking about. I really wanted to talk about uh Tony Storm. Versus Laura Di Matteo because obviously we kind of disliked the Triple Threat Women's Championship yeah. in, at the uh, Super Strong Style. I really oh, liked okay. this show though. I re- uh, this match even. Um, um, I don't know if you saw my review. I had this match at four stars. Ah, nice. If, some- if somebody told me before, um, before I watched it that yeah, the the Laura Di Matteo match is going to come out at four stars, <laughs> I would have looked at you and gone, "There's no fucking way." <laughs> But um, everything that... Cause I, I talked to Jim Smallman about this and said, like, Laura just looks really inexperienced and green and and borderline dangerous at times. And he's like, she works really, really hard. Trust me, she's going to be really, really good. And it's happened a lot sooner than I was expecting because this match was incredible. I, I don't think she's, like, taken a magic wrestling pill in between, like, the month of Super Strong Style and this month, or, like, two months. Um, I just feel like this is a singles match, and, you know, she's in there against an excellent wrestler. Uh, it just focused her a hell of a lot more and made, like, just brought out her talent. Like, it's obviously there, but I feel like a triple threat environment was not the best for her at all because it's so... Higgledy piggledy. <laughs> I I really do not like triple threats and like having right. seen that women's triple threat and just how bad it was compared to this, um, like that kind of proves my point is that if you stick them one on one, keep it focused. And this I thought this match was like 
they kept it so close quarters all the time. They were always hitting something on each other, always working yeah, towards the next move. And I thought, like, it was just there was not nothing to ever bore you. It, you had to keep watching. Yeah, a lot of the uh, the striking was really snug as yeah, well. Yeah. And I think Tony's gone up to uh, Laura before this match and said, "Don't be worried, just lay him in there." Um, Tony Storm is, is tough. Mm-hmm. She can she can take a beat and and. That is what they built this match around, keeping it real. Um, what's the word? It's like the, the linear story of the match that kept it snug and tight, yeah. and it got from A to B. And it was there was no shit around the outside of it. It was all to a purpose. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what I would say about it. Like it was just kept hyper focused, and like you could feel the animosity between them building up as it went along. So I really enjoyed this one. It might have been yeah, she... my favourite match on these two progress shows, um, just because like it was a complete match. There were probably better matches out there, but they were kind of... They ended in bullshit, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, which we'll get on to. The first thing about Laura is like, she didn't look as nervous as she normally looks. Yeah, yeah. It's like when she was about to do something, I didn't get the feeling that it was going to go horribly wrong. Um, I don't know what she did to prepare for this match, but she needs to do there it was every match. <laughs> absolutely zero Bambi on ice stuff. And again, I think it's yeah. just because there was it was so much more focused. Like in triple threats, everyone has to like get ready for their spots yeah. and be in the right position at the right time. I, it's just, and I I would feel like I would be overwhelmed in that if I were a wrestler. So yeah, keeping it singles so is just so much. Singles is I, easier. It's better. I, it's more fun. I'll tell you what, though, I, I fucking love it when people prove us wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like we say somebody's no good, and then they go out there and have a fucking great match. It's mm-hmm. like, well, you you went and showed us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we can opine as much as we want, but yeah, oh, it, yeah, it's all it's all out there to see, and that that's why I like calling a spade a spade. And if something is rubbish, I'll call it rubbish, and if something's really good, I'll call it really good. So <laughs> this was really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to the pick your poison matches between the Travis Banks and Pete Dunne story building up to Alexandra Palace. Um, and obviously they, they're doing the whole Banks picks, you know, valiant opponents for Pete Dunne, yeah. and Dunne picks, like, hyper-imports for I, Banks. Yeah, I've, I've heard people criticise that, saying that Travis is stupid, <laughs> at the same time, it kind of suits his character, he's like, he's always been this underdog who's had to fight for everything, so mm. he's, he's been giving opportunities to people who he feels are in the same boat as him, which is what was, it was sex with Eddie Dennis. It's the same type, you know, the type that's, that has to fight for everything that has come from uh, from an underdog position for their, their whole careers. Um, so for me, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like the logic of the opponent picking. Um, the only thing I'm not enjoying about these matches is that I don't think any of them have finished definitively without someone walking on stage or... Uh, running in (laughs) you had that with uh, I mean Riddle and Banks was a fantastic match Um, but I think it actually paid there's no other way you could do it you couldn't have done that match and had like it end clean because if you have Travis Banks beat Matt Riddle you're kind of devaluing your Atlas division if you have Riddle beat Banks then without any interference then you've got Travis looking weak mm. going into his big title shot, and you can't really do that either. Having the, the interference that gives Travis vulnerability, so 
you're aware that he can be overcome by the weight of numbers. That makes you think Pete Dunne's got the upper hand on him going into the big match. Also, if Travis Banks wins and Riddle doesn't happen to be carrying the Atlas title after Alexander Palace, you've got a challenger because he's already beaten him. Mm. I could play the uh, devil's advocate line and say, just don't book a match <laughs> if you can't end it <laughs> without uh, Pete Dunne walking out. But yeah. Uh, it, it was a it was a strong match. Like it wasn't helped by the fact I was watching it like the day after the G one ended, and this this was like a very G one esque match. Yeah, so it kind I of blurred into it, all that. I saw it somewhere in the middle, uh, but it still stood out. I thought it was a very good match. Uh, the I saw them wrestle um, at uh, Lucha Forever in Birmingham, and it was easily the best match on that card. Like nothing else was even close uh, because they have that. That um, that intensity. Uh, mm-hmm. They have. Uh, they're not going around um, like doing kicks and then slapping the, the thigh. They are <laughs> just beating the shit out of yeah. each other. It's what you want. Um, yeah. And then uh, Pete Dunne's opponent was Eddie Dennis, and this was his first match in progress after um, the news of him turning full time professional. So mm-hmm. that was a very good position to put him in straight off of um, that news. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed this one too. Like, it was very dramatic throughout. And again, bullshit ending with um, the sledgehammer, which everyone is sick of by now. Um, yeah. And obviously, they're gonna, oh, <laughs> Alexandra Palace, they're gonna, um, I can't think of a word, but they are gonna <laughs> use that sledgehammer a hell of a lot and make it ultra dramatic. And <laughs> someone's gonna get hit and someone's gonna avoid it. And it's just <laughs> like, I-, I can already see it coming out. Like, uh, Chekhov sledgehammer, so to speak. Yeah, I, he, he kind of relies on it too much now. Not just the sledgehammer, but the pedigree, yeah, and the water, water spitting, spitting and everything. Yeah. It's <laughs> taking over his act, and like he's too good for that. Yeah, it's very carny and kind of like a what like a, a B level, a B plus player <laughs> would use. Whereas Pete Dunne's like one of the best. Like he can yeah, get he, by on his own. He doesn't need a Triple H knockoff act. He, he's not Yoshi Tatsu. <laughs> nice. It's better than that. But I, I did th- enjoy this match, even with all the the overall stuff at the end. So how, how do you feel about Eddie Dennis? Because um, like he's always been kind of popular, but like in the ring he's all right. He's always been better in a tag team with with Mark Andrews. So with him going full time, do you think he's going to get any better or? Do you think he needs some kind of change? I, I do think he has improved this year. Like, he's ha- been having the best singles matches I've ever seen him in. Like, a couple of years ago, I was not a big fan of him at all um, in the singles stuff. They put him in the super strong style, and it was kind of a rubbish match against Mighty Skull. Stuff like that. And obviously, the FSU tag team's always been really good. Um, but I think his cockpit run this year's been really good. He had that uh, really great match with Donovan Dijak there. Um, and obviously now he's probably going to be focusing more on like his image and improving that. Like he, he's posting like pictures of his gut and being like, I'm going to get rid of this. Uh-huh. Um, and what well, that's thing one <laughs> It's like, <laughs> you're going to be a full-time professional wrestler. And this is no like slight at Trent seven, but you need to get into that, that prime physical condition. Cause you've got no excuse mm. for not doing it. I don't know, Trent's kind of got that dad bod thing going on, yeah. which kind of works for him, but I think yeah, Eddie I Dennis kind of, like, he admits it himself, he, he wants, like, to have a better image, um, 
And yeah, he I needs think... to lay off the Doritos and get down the gym. <laughs> Are you talking to me or him? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think he is improving in the ring, and he like almost naturally he's going to improve like his image and his brand. And like obviously it's early days right now, but I do I do have high hopes for him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the main event of Chapter Fifty Two was British Strong Style versus War Machine, uh, Progress Tag Champs versus New Japan Tag Champs. And I did enjoy that this was a proper progress car crash main event because we haven't had yeah. one in a while of just them going around the whole build thing, throwing that's each other best. against everything. Yeah, that's the best use of War Machine though. They, they yeah, those uh, chaotic matches. It's like the first match they had with the Riots where it was just a normal tag, and then learning from that, they they booked a second match and it was Tornado Rules. Way better. One of the best progress matches of last year. One of the best progress yeah, yeah. matches of last year. And this is in the same vein of that. It was just yeah. chaos everywhere. And, and I, I do enjoy that. I, I enjoy the way Progress used to end their shows with these Jimmy Havoc chaos matches where just everything would fly everywhere. And it was a good way of like ending a show and like definitively putting a an end to the chapter, at, literally. Um, and I think they kind of got away with, got away from that um, with all the British Strong Style stuff and it maybe wasn't as chaotic as it could have been. Like, you didn't feel like anything could happen, and it, that kind of felt like that in this match. But you could really just see anything and anyone flying anywhere. Well, my favourite spot was uh, Tyler doing the airplane spin. Oh, yeah. Handsome. Tremendous. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. It's very fast-paced and um, chaotic. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And the very next week they did Chapter 53, so we can talk about that now as well. And one of the bigger stories to come out of that one is the breakup of the London Riots, um, the yeah. presumed end of progress run for Rob Lynch and singles run for James Davis. And apparently he's also the Atlas number one contender, although he's not. <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, um, James Davis defeating Rob Lynch in what was a friendly match, and then it turned a lot less friendly, and then he kind of just told Rob Lynch he's a piece of shit, <laughs> which uh, in an angle I really, really enjoyed, because I do like when they pull in that real life, like lean on the real life stuff, don't like just make it a real life story, but like make you believe that it's real and bring in some real emotion to feel the storyline, if that makes any sense. Yeah, this was a real emotional punch in the gut. Yeah. Yeah, the um, the promo especially. The thing is, like, Rob's promo was amazing. Like, if it was Rob that was having this big singles run, that would have fired me up so much to see a, a Rob Lynch singles run based on, like, him saying that uh, he felt he couldn't do it anymore. If he'd have ended that promo by saying, but, you know, fuck it, I'm going to carry on. I'm, I, I don't care. I don't care if I hurt myself. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a champion in this company and it singles. Arr. And all that, I'd have been like, Rob Lynch is fucking great. I love Rob Lynch. <laughs> but uh, having it end the way it did with um, old Strangler Davis uh, standing over his prone body cutting the promo, I'm like, yeah, Davis doesn't have that that charisma. He, I just don't buy into him as a promo. Uh, even though what he was saying was like devastatingly harsh, I just wasn't feeling it. And I felt up to that point, I had loved everything about that angle. I thought the the betrayal was was perfectly timed. Mm -hmm. I thought Rob's Rob's promo was beautiful. It just I, I had a tear in my eye. But um, yeah, 
It's just Davis's promo at the end of it was just so. Eh. I'm willing to like give it more time to grow, um, but I can't. You can't have one riot without the other. Like they're so entwined with each other now that it just would feel weird for Strangler Davis to go off and just feud with someone else and not have a payoff to all this emotion. Like there needs to be. I presume Lynch will have like a final match or. Well, he's not retiring until October. Yeah, yeah. So they do have the Alexandra Palace blow off potentially. Yeah. Old Strangler Davis just changing his first name and carrying around uh, like a noose. Hangman that's, page. <laughs> yeah, that's like a B grade. Yeah, that's a that's best. a jobber gimmick right there. It is. Um, I worry for him in singles. Um, he is a really good wrestler, but mm. like you need like the complete package if you're going to be like a single star. He's been hidden away in the riots, and he's been in great stuff in there. But like as a singles wrestler, I'm like, what's the hook? What makes me care about this guy? And I worry that he's going to get lost in the mix because there's a lot of very, very talented guys um, that progress use. And for me, he doesn't stand out above anyone, really. I mean, like, you could have him and, and like, James Drake, for example. James Drake, very accomplished wrestler, solid hand. But, like, you, unless you put him in that tag team with Gibson, he's just getting lost in the mix. Nobody cares about him. Mm. And I think a... he needs to either be a part of a stable or he needs to be paired up with somebody else who can who can get the heat. Mm. Like especially with so much focus on British strong style as like the top heels. I do think it's kind of difficult for like a secondary heel to thrive in progress right now. Um like maybe before um like he could have had a shot, but like I feel like he's not gonna get the attention he needs and he's not gonna stand out himself as much as he might, but I, I, <laughs> it's always said as the defense, but just let it play out. But I'm, I'm willing to let this go on for a little longer, just to see like what is going to happen, because we haven't actually seen him move forward after um, the devastating betrayal mm. of Rob Lynch. So we will see. Um, well, he, they've given him every opportunity here, so yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hope he does well. Um, we had Pete Dunne versus Jack Sexsmith next, um, and uh, this was like a nice little hot sprint. Didn't think it was anything amazing, and kind of yeah, just continuing good. the Pete Dunn is a bastard stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the best part of the match is when Pete Dunn killed that trainee <laughs> that was working on the crew, <laughs> just smashed him in the face with uh, like a forearm. Because it didn't feel like it was part of the show, it mm. felt like the, this kid had gone too close to him, so it was like, yeah. bang. And the, this kid, I don't know who he is, but like he just sold it like death, he just dropped flat and he looked like he was out. Great. <laughs> And yeah, just another good singles match from Jack Sexsmith. I hope they do give him something at Alexandra Palace, like, um, like not like a big time spot or anything, but a singles match, um, even just on the undercard, a spotlight, I guess. Because yeah, I mean, he's got the popularity, he's got that grassroots support. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody in progress that has that that groundswell like Jack Sexsmith. Where I think if you asked everyone that was in the building how they felt about Jack they'd be like oh I love Jack yeah <laughs> that's just, that was just the reaction that he gets every time he comes out he, he's been one of my favourite things about progress this year I think they've done an excellent job with him um, so I don't want him to like get too lost in the shuffle and they've done a good good job with him since Super Strong Style to make sure he hasn't been so I hope they have something planned um, move on to the tag titles which was essentially just build for Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins who are probably going to be having a match at Alexandra yeah. Palace themselves I- I'm really glad they got 
through this teaming angle without having one of them turn on the other because mm. that's just so passe. It's like here are two oddball competitors who are going to team with each other. You know it's going to end in the, the split. <laughs> yeah, but at least they they found a way to get to the end of it without either of them turning a heel, and that for me is a good piece of booking. Like you've gotten from A to B, and you've not been forced to alter your uh, roster to do it. Mm. It's like they they obviously want them both to stay face because they are both great at being faces. Um, to varying degrees, um, so yeah, I, I was pleased that uh, they got through that like that. Yeah, they kept the characters true to themselves, I guess. Yeah. Um, and even yeah, though it's been obvious sense. where they're going, like it's felt kind of real and progressy, if that makes sense. The, the way the way I feel about Jimmy Havoc is he's he's like a, a child almost mm. in that he all he sees is himself and the thing that he's most focused on, which is professional wrestling. So that's all he sees is that he doesn't understand Haskins' whole family thing that, you know, he has his family and he has his wife and his and uh, the, the, the son, Jack. Like, to him, that's just a distraction. So it makes sense for him to, to like, question Haskins' loyalty to professional wrestling, even though Haskins has, like, virtually killed himself for pro wrestling. His, his body's wrecked because of it. He doesn't see that. All he sees is the family and goes like, what are you doing? Concentrate on the wrestling. And that's how we got to the feud. It's, it's good. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's a great breakdown of the story. Um, so yeah, they should have like a very good spot on the AP card. I refuse to call it that other thing because it's <laughs> <laughs> Tory as hell. <laughs> Alexandra Palace. Alexandra Palace. I, I meant the shortened name. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I, I threatened to slap it in uh, Hamilton if he used it again. <laughs> uh, and then we got to the main event, which, other than Storm versus Laura Di Matteo, was probably my favourite match on these set of progress shows, which was Keith Lee versus Travis Banks. And I thought yeah. this was going really, really well up until the interference. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed Banks just getting dominated. I do like it when the physical attributes of the competitors are taken into account, and Banks isn't Superman, and he's not, like, going even Stevens with Keith Lee. He's fighting to survive with, like, a bear of a man. Um, and that was really good. It is kind of weird that they had this this rollicking good main event um, in, like, Travis Banks versus Keith Lee, but then nobody remembers it. <laughs> so, literally, if you ask me what happened at the end of this show, I would have completely have forgotten that that <laughs> match took place. Which is what happens when you have um, like a big storyline thing yeah, yeah. at the end of a show. It's like even if you have a great match, it's, it's almost forgotten. Yeah, obviously the, the interference was all designed for the big return of the South Pacific Power Couple, which now we're talking about it after TK Cooper's injury in the US is very bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of sad really that uh, they came back and then TK almost immediately injured. Yeah. Um, had like two matches. Uh, I guess... Dahlia is is still back, so uh, she could take a run at, uh, at Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always kind of devastating, really. But um, like just after Dahlia fixes her leg, and just after they come back um, from New Zealand, instantly they're back into a a hole, back into the problem of one of them being injured. But they've still maintained their buzz throughout Dahlia's injury, throughout the the having to go back to New Zealand. 
Like, it's been really awesome that everyone is still behind them. Like, they're not forgotten at all. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to ride out Cooper's injury. Obviously, he misses Bowler, which is devastating. Because um, he really would have made a splash there. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's bad timing. It's, no, it's really bad timing. It's a massive setback. But I really hope that they get to keep their buzz. Obviously, Dahlia on her own isn't the same. But, like you say, hopefully she does get a run. TK is still there. Um making up the act um it's gonna be weird seeing them as baby faces but like they were faces at the end of their run as the power trip so i mean it's not gonna be too much of a change if they were still heels then tk could still do what he did (laughs) he could just be at ringside and just interfere and punch people and i did enjoy (laughs) i did enjoy the um the, the nod to Travis Banks' split allegiance now with the yes. CCK yeah, in one corner and the power couple in the other. It's the way Brooks just kind of nodded at him and went, you, you, it's alright. Yeah, you can, you can have that. Team. You can have it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a great moment. Obviously marred now by time. Horrible, yeah. horrible time. <laughs> it was great at the time, it was. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on these two progress shows before we go up north? No, Let's let's go up north to ICW, everyone's <laughs> favorite wrestling promotion. Um, obviously, we enjoyed Square Go in February. Thought things were going well, <laughs> but 2017 would be a change for ICW. Yeah. Do you remember um, Barramania, where I I don't think you watched it, and basically I ran the show down, yeah. and I could hear you groaning at the, each <laughs> result and like each match as I as I talked about it. Um, it's been a lot like that. There's, but this show probably wasn't as bad as Barramania, but uh, I'll just keep in mind I only watched night one of, of Shug's house party, mm. Hoose party, Hoose. Uh, because I I couldn't face two nights of it. But you actually watched both of them. Yeah, I, I was forced against my will for podcasting purposes to watch both nights, and I come out <laughs> a bitter and broken man. Uh. <laughs> um, because Bram will do that to you. Um, yeah. He was all over these shows. Uh, the night one main event. He was teaming with heel champ Joe Kofi. Um, that match sucked. To take on Noam Dar and Charles Samuels. Dar obviously coming back from WWE land for this one show. And yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, that main event, right? That is prime, prime ICW booking. Yeah. Where in the middle of the match, Red Lightning decides he's going to try and get Noam Dar to turn heel. <laughs> Did anyone in the world yeah. believe that he was going to hit no, Bram with a chair? It's like. Try, like, Shah, maybe, but even better, just don't. <laughs> just don't come in at all. Just don't intervolve. Uh, just don't jump in the ring and try and have a swerve in the middle of a match. Like, there's nobody, nobody at all is ever going to buy Noam Dar turning heel and joining a heel stable in <laughs> Scotland on a one-night appearance for the company. Nobody is buy is going to buy that. Maybe, uh, like, if it was ECW back in the day, that's the kind of crazy swerve thing that they'd go in for. Uh, it's the kind of thing Russo would have gone in for. But then, should, why would you even attempt to, to pass that off? It's just, it's never going to happen. And if it did, it would have been even dumber. That's the only way this could have been any dumber, <laughs> is if he actually had turned heel. I don't think I've ever not seen like an ICW show without this spot where uh, a heel manager hands a face wrestler a weapon and someone like they tease it for 
seemingly hours as to whether they're going to hit someone with it or not, and something happens and they don't or they do, and it's just, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, whether it's Red Lightning or Finn Balor or whoever handing the weapon, it doesn't matter, it's always the same conclusion. Like, people just standing around, gawping at the crowd. Oh, am I going to hit him? I don't know. What is it, what's going to happen? <laughs> same old shit. Yeah. Um, should we go through some of the stuff you may have liked on the show rather than trawling through the bullshit? Um, oh, that's going to be hard. Uh, <laughs> I thought the uh, three title matches on the show um, were all well, right. The, the dog collar match was no good. Yeah. That thing afterwards with Jimmy Havoc where he, he climbed out of the coffin. <laughs> he opened the coffin but didn't see Jimmy Havoc. Didn't see Jimmy <laughs> Havoc lying in it and then somehow missed Havoc's arm propping the oh, lid Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh. Uh, People are complaining about the logic in Game of Thrones this season. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> never pulled kid, that one. Kid fighting Bull James obviously sucked. Um, the crowd chanting, "Please come back at Bull James!" <laughs> <laughs> Please do not come back. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. Kaylee Ray and Casey Owens was really good, but it was like a minute long. Yeah, they they had their proper match on night two, um, which oh, okay. they they did the exact same spot but with Kaylee hitting Casey for uh, right. like d with the exact same back. moves and then getting a two count and then getting frustrated and basically losing in about eight or nine minutes um and that they was had a really they had a really good match yeah at square go the, the, the square go match was easily the best of the three this was an angle and the third match was a bit too dependent on this match to get its heat it didn't really stand up on its own so we'll always have square go <laughs> <laughs> I I did like Jody Fleisch against Super Crazy. Um, you'll notice I didn't say I liked the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun so, seeing those two together. <laughs> I thought Jody looked tremendous here, but Super Crazy, oh my god. He looks so badly out of shape. <laughs> I, I think the problem is is that Mark Dallas still thinks it's the 90s. And mm. He's like, oh, I'll book Super Crazy because he's like a flippy luchador. And it's just, he gets a, a middle aged man. Um, who looks like he's about to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. It's... Yeah. Uh, but Jody was really good. Um, I didn't like Lionheart and Joe Hendry. Um, the ladder match was okay. There was a lot of weird setting stuff up spots in the ladder yeah, match. Yeah, like Gibson put up like four ladders all in a row just so Kenny Williams could run up one of them and knock him off. <laughs> like um, Singles ladder matches are never... Like, this is, this is my reverse... Um, normal matches. I prefer the multi-man ladder matches and the single yeah. ladder matches because there's just a lot less dead air and setting ladders up and pretending he can't climb. It was the bit with um, Kenny Williams. He like had this ladder bridge thing that he and he walked across it and then it fell over like after he'd done the spot and then he went and put it back up and then climbed the ladder and it's like, what are you putting it back up for? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you've already used it. It's, you don't need it anymore. And then he took a bump into it, and that was why he put it back up. Yeah, he had to take a yeah. Bump into it. But... The the UK title, WWE UK title four way was all right. Yeah, that's, that's probably the best match on the show. Uh, really good showcase for BT Gun, I thought. Yeah, he looked every bit uh, as good as the other three guys in it, who are obviously the three of the WWE uh, UK guys, I guess. Wolfgang, Trent Seven, and Pete Dunne. Obviously, Pete Dunne retained. I don't think anyone thought there would be a switch, but yeah, I thought BT Gun coming out of this weekend looked really good, because on night two, 
he had a good match with Kenny Williams um, and took the Zero G title off him after, for a one day reign. Yeah, uh, I literally don't know what the results are for this show, so, <laughs> <I> <laughs> so we'll, we'll play the uh, ICW booking reactions game. Um, we should <laughs> mon- put it on YouTube and monetize it, and then we'll be <laughs> rich. <laughs> um, so did, uh, Thomas Kearns get another match on night two? Or he did just, not. That uh, was a one-off. I, um, when I saw the start of that match, I was like, I guarantee you this makes it onto Botchamania. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that, that was a liberal fast-forward match for me. I did not give a shit. <laughs> Um, so on night two, uh, we had a couple of undercard matches to start off. Uh, Jody Fleisch defeated Aaron Echo and Wolfgang defeated Super Crazy. Uh, yeah, they were both matches. They both existed. Uh, BT Gun versus Kenny Williams, like I say, was pretty good and Gun looked really vicious in this one. Um, like, obviously they were playing up but Williams wasn't 100% and Gun really got that and like, like, sort of lashed out at him, never let him up. Always sticking him in submissions and eventually got the tap out with a cross face, I believe. Um, so yeah, Gunn is the Zero G title. Zero G champion, even. Um, and this hopefully means that Kenny Williams moves on from the division because he's so much better than just getting pigeonholed as the Zero G champion the entire the time. Flippy guy, yeah. Cause he... well, I think BT Gunn's better than that as well. He, yeah. <laughs> but they made a big deal out of him winning every title in ICW now. Uh, he's won the world title, the tag team title, and the Zero-G title, so I think... He hasn't won the women's title. He hasn't won the women's title. So, triple crown, yes, but not um, a royal flush. Not, not a grand slam. <laughs> or a grand slam, even. Um, we had a bullshit comedy match. Coach Trip and DCT defeating Davey Blaze and the Wee Man. Um, the, the kid came out, you know, the kid who's always with um, of the Apollo Promotions, but not anymore team. The kid came out and beat up David Blaze, um, and it was a kiss my ass match. I really can't remember this match at all. Uh, <laughs> it is not in my memory banks very much, and for a good reason because it was rubbish and it was a kiss the, my ass match. I really like uh, Coach Trip, um, but mainly because it's Adam Shame that's playing him. Yeah, and Adam- it was Coach Trip's uh, son uh, beating up David Blaze. Uh, Adam Shame uh, once came up. Uh, with an idea which was never used but for uh, like a Scottish version of the Elimination Chamber but when he had explained to him that they couldn't afford to build anything like that he said it's alright we'll put the, the the wrestler that's been brought into the, the match next inside a wardrobe and then we'll wheel the wardrobe down to the ring and then they'll jump out when the light shines on them and it'll be just like the Elimination Chamber <laughs> If I had my own promotion, oh, man. I, I I would literally hire Adam Shame as as Booker because <laughs> the quality of ideas that man comes up with is nothing short of astonishing. Mm. We had uh, one of the more newsworthy matches of the weekend with Shaw Samuels beating Grado in a loser leaves ICW match. Uh, whether that's just a work or Grado's legit just moving on to other stuff, I'm not entirely sure yet. Obviously, he's a guy who could move into TV uh, if he wanted to, especially in Scotland where he's somewhat of a mainstream star. Um, have any strong opinions about Grado potentially leaving ICW? Or is it just the fucking, he's going to be back in two months? Um, well, he'll probably be back, and yeah. also, the heel turn was a disaster. Oh, yeah. I mean, it seems like he had fun playing the heel character, but, yeah, nothing good came out of it, and it's just brought ICW back into the hole. 
red lightning heel stable doldrums. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, then we had the wedding of Ravy Davy and Session Moth Martina, <laughs> which is hilariously non-canon because obviously Martina is going out with Shea Persa. Um, <laughs> and this went on forever, literally forever, and was into I I skipped over most of it. You'll forgive me. And then Bram came out and beat everyone up at the wedding, and they had a shitty match filled with a bunch of people interfering, and I skipped over most of it because Bram. <laughs> and yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> this probably lasted about forty minutes, inclu- including the Bram match and everything else surrounding it. And Bram, Bram, Bram. If you liked Bram, this was the weekend for you. No one likes Bram. Nobody. <laughs> Although I, I have criticised him recently, and. People within wrestling say he's actually like a nice person. Um, I, I don't know. The freezer doesn't agree. I, I'm guessing. Well, this is part of my argument. I said that basically he's a jackass, but um, apparently he's he's pleasant to people. So, well, male people. <laughs> Even if um, he is a nice guy, he is very much not an interesting wrestler at all oh, he's a in bad any wrestler. way. He's, very bad <laughs> He's just the most generic, like, big guy you've ever seen. Does absolutely nothing, contributes nothing new, and is just, just... He's he's like the Attitude Era get-out-of-jail-free card right now for ICW. If they need someone to interfere into a match and just change the result and keep the booking going, keep the stories going... Bram's your man. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that a little later. Then we had Casey Owens beating Kaylee Ray. Or you talked about that one. Then we had a fucking annoying match because it could have been really good. Uh, Polo Promo- Pro- Promotions versus the Marauders. Uh, I do love the Marauders. They had a really good match at Square Go. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> but they added in, for no reason, Justin Rees onto the Marauders team because he's a Marauder now. And it, it was free on two, for no reason. And it just because as soon as you saw it was free on two, you I'm just shaking knew, my head here. <laughs> you just knew that there was gonna be bullshit, and there was bullshit. And the match. Let me guess. He turned heel and joined with the Apollo lot, and that's how they lost. Well, Mar- Marauders are heel. Um, are they? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they're not heel to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did not turn. Um, but it was a schmoz. And then Kenny Williams came out and beat up the Marauders behind the ref's back. So the, the the faces used interference to get one over on the heels, and then uh, the Marauders lost, and they have to disband. <laughs> so no more Marauders for you. <laughs> you know that team you liked. We're gonna get rid of it. <laughs> why? Why would you do that? Um. And uh, oh, even better! Polo Promotions are number one contenders to the tag titles again. Oh. <laughs> Just in case you thought that maybe they wouldn't be in well, the tag title picture for like two seconds. I think they have not been featured enough as a tag team in this promotion. They're finally getting that big push. Finally, after I mean, three years of constant tag title runs <laughs> for Polo Promotions, they're finally getting their day in the sun. And the Marauders are packed off, having. Had a significant run. But hang on, hang on. Who are the current ICW Tag Team Champions? Uh, <laughs> I should have because looked this up before. 
Well, let me put this to you. I'm fairly certain, like 99%, that the Marauders are the tag team champions. So how can they split them up? Yeah. <laughs> what? They can't disband. They're the champions. Ma- okay, maybe I misunderstood the stipulation. Maybe Polo Promotions only had to disband if they lost and if the Marauders don't disband. Oh, Okay, boy. I've messed oh, that up. stipulation thing. <laughs> thing. Yeah, so it's... So everything we've talked about is bullshit. Right, okay. But so I still, understand it now. I get it, what you're saying. It was the, the stipulation was that if Polo Promotions won, they were the number one yes, contenders. Yes. Um, but if they lost, they had to disband. Yeah, I, I didn't get that from watching it because it was like a total schmoz at the end. <laughs> it was bizarre to say the least. Like Kenny Williams running in as the face to do a, an interference spot that felt very, very heelish, <laughs> or it came off heelish. It was just a very odd match, and the three on two, you heels, knew there was going to be bullshit. <laughs> it's it's attitude era, heels of face. Yeah, yeah. Faces uh, of heels. Next time, stick to two on two guys because they had a very good match earlier, and I, they'll have another tag title match. But you know, the square go magic was a one off. It seems <laughs> it's going to be schmoz all the way out from here. So yeah, sorry for misunderstanding the stipulation. Um, it's easily done in this promotion. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Why are there so many stipulations in this promotion? Another stipulation, everyone's favourite, the steel cage match, where you win only by escaping. <laughs> oh, no. Making and this classic uh, WWE booking where the steel cage match, which is supposed to you know be the blood feud ender, um, turned into like a gladiators game of like two guys slowly climbing over a climbing frame while a guy on the outside hits them with an object in case you hadn't guessed it that that man was Bram <laughs> back again <laughs> to swing his steel chair at um, Jack Jester coming it was Jack Jester versus Joe Kofi by the way for the ICW championship and Red Lightning did the cage in the face spot because there has to be a cage door in the face spot you know someone opens the cage door because why is there a cage door and it gets slammed in their face that happened um, and then the end you have it... to escape the cage by politely asking the referee to open the door <laughs> so you can step between the ropes. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's just someone watched WWE too much and it, it's just all they can think now. Do you think? <laughs> um, so the ending of the match was Jack Jester descending the cage and instead of just dropping down, you know, because Bram is like clawing at his heels with a chair, instead of just dropping down and taking a few chair shots and winning the title... He like sort of hangs on and was, is like trying to kick him away, and he's he even climbs up a little bit to, to avoid him, rather than just dropping down and winning. Um, and then Bram hits his legs through the cage with the chair, so he's sort of like hanging, he and he can't move. And then Joe Kofi climbs down, um, and wins, and then celebrates with Bram. <laughs> and that's Bram. that's the final picture is Bram, Bram holding Bram, the Bram. title and Joe Coffey lying on the floor being supported by him and Bram, Bram, Bram I have a theory about Mark Dallas would you like to hear it? please have you ever seen the film Fifty First Dates? I have not um, so in, in the film Fifty First Dates uh, Drew Barrymore has got a head injury which prevents her from forming new memories. <laughs> yeah, you can see where I'm going with this already. Okay? Um, and uh, is subsequently wooed by Adam Sandler, who she doesn't recognise uh, on a day-to-day basis because she forgets everything that happened the day before. Mm. Um, 
My theory is that Mark Dallas sustained a head injury at some point during 1999. Mm. He still thinks we're in the Attitude Era. And he keeps forgetting that he's already done all these swerves. <laughs> so, like, that's why the same things keep happening over and over again. It's because he's forgotten that they've already happened. So, like, with every show that rolls around, he's like, I know, we'll do Red Lightning doing something... Uh, like, and he's the heel and I'm the face and uh, and then we'll blow it all off in November mm. um, that's I, as far as I can tell that is the only possible explanation for everything continually just kind of going back to zero yeah this is um, like every cage match you've ever seen on WWE TV like just the, the nonsense like gladiators <laughs> run <laughs> but it is I hate I hate the idea that escaping the cage is how you win Running away yeah. is how you win. Running away, run away to victory. <laughs> um, win and the yeah, fights just by being quicker. <laughs> the general malaise of remember how last November Red Lightning's team lost to Mark Dallas's team, and they did yeah. the oh, is Jack Jester gonna hand Drew Galloway the fucking dildo and hit someone over the head with it? And yeah, oh, he didn't, and oh, now Red Lightning's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just the same shit over and over again. Um, it's, a, it's a head injury, mate. And all, did you uh, catch um, Mark Dallas and um, his little group um, slagging off the websites uh, for saying that ICW was shit or whatever? And, uh, <laughs> no, he, I missed that. Like that—that that was at the start of night one. Like a couple of matches in, then they all come down and do the promo, and he's like, "Oh, we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah, not doing it for them. We're doing it for you, or whatever." <laughs> I think he genuinely hates me. Hmm. <laughs> because he, he has actually commented on things that we've said before. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I think it was Fear and Loathing Eight. I want to say where he would he messaged you or something. Uh, no, he didn't message me. He, um, I heard that he he had described the podcast that we'd done to somebody and referred to us as a bunch of melts. <laughs> Short for Meltzer, of course. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's a compliment. <laughs> Well, take it as a compliment. Thank you very much, Mark Dallas. Um, there was good stuff on the show. Um, the BT Gun and KCO and stuff, I think they got elevated. They look like proper top-tier talents uh, in their respective divisions. But yeah, just the nonsensical... It's not even just the nonsensical booking, it's just the exact same booking that we've seen before from ICW, and we're not even really big fans of ICW. Like, we only dip in occasionally, but we see yeah, the well, same things over and over again. It's the, crazy. The, re the reason why I keep watching this promotion is because last year, uh, after the Hydro show, I got told that the only reason I didn't like it is because I hadn't been invested in the product because I hadn't seen enough of it. Mm. So I've, I've made a, a deliberate attempt to watch at least all the big shows this year uh, just to make sure that I'm up to speed with the booking so that things make sense to me. And it still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I think we have been quite uh, good with the coverage of ICW this year. Like, we haven't watched every single Fight Club yeah, or we, whatever. We've but... covered all the, the big shows. Yeah. And, and we, we haven't enjoyed it. <laughs> when, it was good. When, when it was good at Square Go, we were complimentary. We said, this is good. This mm. is a good show. Yes, Square Go was a great show. Um, and I, I thought they paid off the, the Wolfgang Trent Seven story really, really well. And had several other good undercard matches. Um, and now, hit this. <laughs> mm. Should we yeah, end this I'd... on a more positive note? 
do we, do we have any positive takes uh, about anything in particular? Because <laughs> I can't um, think of anything. Or should we just be grumpy bastards? Nah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, watch Summer Sizzler 52 and 53 progress. All good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I have nothing, I have nothing else to add. Mm. Do you want to plug your stuff? Uh, yeah, you can go over to uh, rearviewreviews.com uh, for reviews of most of the shows that uh, that we've spoken about. I did do the ICW one, and I did get the shovel out for it, so I don't know if you want to <laughs> check that out. I also reviewed everything in G1 Climax, like literally nice. every single Nice, even the undercards. Even the undercards. Um, you madman. <laughs> uh, so you can read about all that over on uh, Review Reviews. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at Arnold Furious. And you can follow me on Twitter, at another Ollie. Uh, read the F4W newsletter every week. Uh, my Nero notes are in it. And I've just posted a Summer Sizzler review on VoicesOfWrestling.com. And the Cockpit review this month will come eventually. Do not worry, Cockpit fans. Um, you kind of have to give uh, Gideon Gray four stars plus <laughs> for his match, uh, because I promised him we would if he used a sandwich as a weapon against Curtis Chapman. He claims that he did, but it was backstage, so yeah. I'll I'll leave that up to you. What a worker. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do the spot, but still gets a claim for credit. <laughs> yeah. But he's a heel. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a waitress in a cocktail bar. It's a bad joke to end on. If you were there for XWA you would understand. <laughs> it's still in my head. <laughs> and it was a beautiful moment and it's still in my head, so thank you, Lord Gideon Grey. That's a really positive thing to end on. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.